It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, last hour, we previewed Utah State and Memphis. We'll hear more about that this hour. Comments from the coaches and players uh, about the matchups. Uh, and continue to get your thoughts on it as well. If you want to give us a your score prediction for the game on Tuesday, uh, this will be really our, our chance to do it because we won't be here on Monday. It's a holiday, and on Tuesday, it's, it's game day. So the uh, game will be going on. And so we want to get your score predictions for how this is going to play out. Uh, both Jason and I, we're going with Memphis uh, against what we would like to pick, but based on what we're seeing, uh, we're just, uh, having a hard time picking the Aggies here. I'd love to be wrong, and I, I tell you all the time, crow always tastes delicious, and I hope to be eating it uh, late uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, we've and this happened to us multiple times where we've picked uh, the opposing side. San Jose State was it was a game where we both picked mm, the Spartans, true. and we were eating some uh, very tasty crow uh, the Monday after. Maybe you know, upcoming on uh, Thursday when we do the show, that'll be our first time on air after the bowl game. Maybe we can have a nice joint plate of crow then. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, uh, we both seem to be of the mind that we're going to be breaking down a Utah State loss and another. Six and seven season. Uh, you'll love to get this team to a winning record uh, and get uh, you know, uh, a, a better record in bowl games. Uh, Memphis does not have a good record in bowl games. So they have they've struggled to win. They've they've been able to get to the postseason, but they've struggled to get a victory uh, once they get there. So um, that's maybe working against them a little bit here. But this is a very prolific offense, uh, pretty solid defense. Um, but uh, Utah State, their defense will be tested uh, in this one to see how, how well they can maintain and, and hang with uh, a, a very talented uh, Memphis quarterback, wide receiver core, and, uh, and running back. And as Coach uh, keeps referring to uh, when uh, Coach Anderson refers to this uh, Memphis team, he's always talking about how big and how long they are, uh, looking at their length, how physical they are, um, and you know some one of the things that some people have been looking at is like, well, you look at the records, maybe look at the stats, and it should be pretty evenly uh, matched up, but um, he's uh, <laughs> he, he's not having that, and uh, he's kind of like what Utah State. Both teams are six and six, and you might say they're better than their record indicates. Uh, certainly, the case with with a Memphis team that's been very competitive in all of their games, uh, and most of their losses were by a, a touchdown or less. I think we're a, a better team than our record indicates. You know, just a lot of a lot of things that that kind of uh, hindered us early in the year from being who we needed to be. We've played much better down the stretch. Uh, they they play a tough schedule. They play good people. 
you never know what kind of injuries and stuff they've had to overcome. But they're a good football team. It's, it's a great challenge. They're always competitive week to week, even with the best teams in their league, uh, made tough games of it. So that's just who I've come to know them to be for quite a long time. I haven't been right there down the road from them. That's, that's who they were the whole time I was at Arkansas State. That really hasn't changed. Yeah, this is a Memphis team that's been you – know, you look at their record and the teams that they've played uh, and their six losses, they got, you know, they got handled by Mississippi State. They lose by 26. But they lose to Houston by one. They lose to East Carolina by two. They lose to Tulane, which was a top 25 team. Um, they lose that one by 10. Okay. Uh, number 25 ranked UCF. They lose that game by a touchdown. They lose the last game of the season at SMU, where this bowl game is going to take place on Tuesday. They lose that game by three. So they're competitive. Uh, this is a team that has not really been just overrun in any of the really in many of the games that they've played. Yeah, well, even then you look at one of the games where they maybe were getting a bit overrun against Tulane. They were down 35 nothing in that game, but then they scored 28 second-half points. You know, the one time you could say, okay, maybe they were kind of getting blown out, other than, I guess, the Mississippi State game, like the one time they kind of were getting blown out, they made it, they made it a close game by the end. You know, they certainly made Tulane sweat after having a 35-point lead at one point. So even if Utah State jumps out to a lead, do not expect it to be safe. No. No, with their big playability, the the talented players that they have, and some history on their side of being able to come back uh, from big deficits, uh, a bit of a concern there. Uh, but besides just the record itself, uh, this you know, Coach Anderson saying that he's 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 relying more on what he sees on film than what he sees on a stat sheet. I don't let stats give me a whole lot. I really kind of trust my eye. And I see length and speed and guys that can run around. Uh, so I, I don't know that the stats are, are as telling as, as what you see on tape. So, I mean, the it's they don't have bad stats. So, I, I mean, they have pretty solid numbers uh, behind them. When you look at what they're they're scoring, uh, the how they get first downs, how efficient they are on third down, uh, their third down conversion rate is 46%. 82 of 180 on third down. Utah State, on the other hand, about 32 and a half. So this is a Memphis team that, you know, we, that third down conversion by and large is helped by how well you do on first and second downs and with a quarterback who can move the, the chains with his feet uh, and uh, a couple different people that they can go to that uh, really helps them when they get to the third, get that fourth or, you know, excuse me, not a fourth down, a first down. Uh, and Utah State at the 32, about 32 and a half. But on the other side, though, their opponents, Memphis giving up about 42 percent to uh, to teams that they face. So their um, ability to you know, keep you off track isn't quite as strong either. So you know they will allow you to move the ball a little bit on them. Yeah. See, that's where the I think the, the clip you played was Anderson responding to one of my questions where I was specifically talking about the defense. where, And, and I actually mentioned to him the fact that they've um, – or I, I mentioned in my question, I don't think Anderson was unaware of this fact, um, the fact that Memphis had played a lot of good quarterbacks and so their passing numbers weren't very good. 
And he certainly acknowledged that, and he was certainly uh, aware of that and pointed that out, that you got to maybe, in, in this case, the numbers aren't going to tell you the full story because there's context they have to take into account. And so that's when you're going to the film, all right, that's when you're um, finding out a little bit more where you learn from the film more so than you do just from the raw numbers. Because defensively, they're probably a little underrated because of who they've played. And that's, again, that, that makes it hard to analyze this team without pouring over film. And unfortunately, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> and I don't have 16, like, grad assistants that are able to go over the film and break everything down for me. Um, just got to do what I can do. Yes. Do your best, Jason. And just win. <laughs> just play, just better. play better. Just play better. Uh, one other note that's kind of interesting when you look at these two teams, and we've been talking a lot about defense and how Utah State, uh, their defensive front uh, that needs to really have a big factor in this game. Now, this is a this is a Memphis team that um, that gives up some sacks, uh, thirty two sacks that they gave up on the year for nearly two hundred yards lost. Uh, Utah State. For their defense, they've gotten 23 sacks. Uh, but the, then comparing the Memphis defense, they've only gotten 17. So uh, that that's also kind of significant. We look at how that's sliding in Utah State's favor, that this is a team that you know, partially is that they know their quarterback he can get out and scramble and move around a little bit, and he's probably trying to make things happen until the last minute. And so he's prone to be uh, in a vulnerable spot on the field where uh, a defender can get to him and bring him down. And Utah State's gotten better in terms of finishing sacks because earlier they were the team, and I said this about them this year and last year, where they're the best team at getting pressure and the worst team at finishing the sack. (laughs) But they got better at that later in the season. They were able to actually a lot of overplays. Yeah, Yeah. and and it led to and it led to quarterbacks being able to scramble away, which can be a worry. But they've gotten better at it, and that's a big key. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, Utah State maybe not being able to stop Memphis, but the sacks, the potential for sacks, that is the key, or one of the two keys, as I mentioned uh, last hour and also during my uh, prediction, is that, you know, I say Memphis, you know, wins 45-31. There's a possibility for Utah State to hold them to fewer points, you know, around 30 or slightly below, and that comes from them getting lots of turnovers and or lots of sacks. I said minimum three turnovers to win this game. Probably want four. You're also going to want three, you know, three to five sacks. More sacks if you're getting fewer turnovers because sacks can be drive killers. Yeah. So you got to get those. They can be, you know, the slightly less uh, lesser option to turnovers where you don't get the ball immediately right in that spot, but you can force a punt. You know, they don't score. Now you have a chance to score. And, and with Utah State probably being able to move the ball against Memphis, the more possessions you steal – Obviously, the better chance you have to win the game and maybe score more than my predicted 31 points. Yeah, taking advantage of momentum plays. Like uh, a sack is a momentum play. Uh, a tackle for loss. Um, it, certainly, if you get a turnover, being able to capitalize on it, getting into the end zone, not just a field goal. Um, you know, this is uh, these are bowl games where you lay it all on the line. Uh, you've got you're not going to play another down of football. Uh, for your at least your underclassmen until what end of March, <laughs> and so you've got a couple of months. And for your seniors, that for many of them, that's it. Some lucky uh, may be able to make it to uh, an NFL camp, 
uh, maybe even get drafted. But by and large, this is the last opportunity for a lot of these guys. So, you know, taking advantage of those momentum plays, uh, what do you do after an explosive? Um, what do you do after a big pass breakup on third down? So, these, you know, their ability to take advantage of, of those momentum plays can also be, play a difference here. And I, and I like where Utah State is kind of in that headspace and where this team is kind of uh, skill level now compared to where they were just a couple months ago. And I think they've made a lot of progress there. So, so there are positive things here for Utah State. I know I've picked Memphis to, to win, but I think this is going to be a competitive game that could really come down to the wire. Yeah, there's a path to victory for Utah State. There's a chance they win this game. But they have to make these plays, you know, unless they just happen to just play better on defense, which I guess, you know, follow my old game plan, just play better. If they play better than expected and they don't allow 45 points, you know, if they allow in the mid-30s points, Utah State can still win this game. It'll take a really good effort on offense, but it would still be very winnable. Um, you know, if you're allowing 40 points on the defensive end, that's probably game over because I don't think what well, Utah State scored 40 plus points once, and that was uh, partly because they got a uh, pick six. So their offense only scored 35 points or something like that. Uh, yeah, so Utah State, you know, 31 against UConn. Just looking at some of the uh, better offensive performances 34 against Air Force, uh, 41 against Hawaii. 35 against San Jose, but um, you know they've they've also struggled in a number of games to get enough offense going. Some of these games because of injury, things stacked against them a little bit. But um, you know there's going to be this is going to be a team that's not going to be at full strength. Uh, there are going to be some guys that are going to be missing still. We don't know if uh, Ike Larson is going to be available. Uh, we know there's a couple other guys in that secondary who will not be available. Um, and, uh, you know, MJ Tafisi, probably not going to be available yet. Uh, so it's going to be a young and experienced linebacker group uh, for Utah State. So uh, some things stacked against the Aggies a little bit here. Uh, but speaking of the Aggies, Utah State men's basketball team is in action now, finally, on ESPN2. Uh, game is underway. It's a, uh, you know, just a couple minutes into it, tie ball game. On ESPN two, um, and uh, Stephen Ashworth is in the starting lineup. We haven't seen if uh, you know any. It's, it's too early to see what kind of bench players are going to be in here and what that rotation is going to look like. But a lot of questions about Ryland Jones and his availability availability for this game, and if uh, he does get minutes or if he sits on the bench to recover after that hard hit uh, in that late in the game against Seattle. Yeah, I, I think he plays. Uh, 435-339-0321. Again, your score predictions for Utah State and Memphis. We'll hear from the coaches and the players uh, leading up to this uh, matchup on Tuesday. Now, one of the things, too, uh, we were talking about that, uh, that uh, Memphis offense, but what about their defense? Calvin Tyler Jr. Uh, from Texas. He's excited about uh, having a bowl game there, but he uh, shares some of his thoughts uh, from a running back perspective, what does that Memphis defense look like, and what are they going to be doing coming after the Aggies? Yeah, they uh, they very physical. They D line is like good. They's probably like besides San Jose, that's probably going to be one of the best D lines we face this year. And uh, I'm excited for the challenge. Like 
I know them guys are going to be ready to play. My whole line, they're going to be ready to play. The team going to be ready to play. So we're excited for the challenge and uh, this opportunity. You know, what we, uh, we face and we know these guys will come to work. They will come to play. Interesting that he references San Jose as the biggest, most physical defensive front the Yankees faced this year over Boise State or BYU, uh, where those were games that they lost, but they did beat San Jose. So they found a way to, to overcome that uh, San Jose defensive front. Uh, and the Spartans did have some dudes <laughs> up front there. Uh, but uh, interesting that while they haven't really seen Memphis, they've seen some good teams that they've had to go through this year for USU um, and uh, that they've had to prepare for and go up against. Uh, but you know, regarding you know, how he's he himself is feeling and uh, some of these other guys, it was kind of a brutal uh, you know, stretch there. Guys were getting hurt, uh, but they've uh, had a chance to rest up and heal after that Boise State game and uh, getting back at it with a bunch of guys getting some rest. How are they feeling getting ready for the bowl game? In practice yesterday, I feel great. A lot of guys feel great. You can see we was moving around really fast. We was playing with urgency. Like, I mean, we was a little winded, but, I mean, it comes with the first day. But, like, other than that, you can see how fresh we are. And my body's back fresh. I'm, I'm ready for this game. Well, the Aggies are going to need a strong and fresh Calvin Tyler. Uh, with uh, He has been very consistent for USU all season, uh, and uh, they'll need him – to uh, to take some pressure off of Cooper Lega, but also to keep defenses guessing, uh, they're very committed to the run um, and uh, try to soften up that defensive front to help open up the passing lanes uh, as well for USU. So uh, we'll have more comments from Calvin Tyler Jr. We'll have more comments from uh, Coach Blake Anderson, and we'll also hear from the uh, Memphis uh, Tigers and their head coach and their defensive coordinator as they will preview the Aggies and their thoughts about the matchup coming up on Tuesday. Reminder, we'll have pregame coverage here on The Fan starting at 11, an expanded two-hour-plus pregame here on The Fan and on KVNU, 102 FM, 610 AM. And then full play-by-play of the game here on The Fan and on KVNU. And then when the game is over, we'll get back to our KVNU Aggie call, getting your reactions, your phone calls, your texts, uh, as to what took place in Dallas, Texas, in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl between Utah State and the Memphis Tigers. A timeout here in the Full Court Press. More comments from the coaches, more updates on what's going on with USU basketball, and uh, more thoughts about the weekend with, uh, uh, boy, plenty of sport events, sporting events to, to watch and to keep an eye on over this uh, upcoming weekend for the Christmas holiday break. We'll talk about it more coming up on the Full Court Press. Don't wait. Plan your New Year's Eve celebration now. Get your night rolling at the Riverwoods Conference Center's New Year's Eve buffet catered by Elements Restaurant. The night kicks off at 5 p.m. for you early birds. Reservations are being accepted from 5 to 8 p.m. Enjoy a delicious buffet full of appetizers, salads, garlic, rosemary, prime rib, and brown sugar Dijon pork loin. Plus decadent dessert sure to satisfy any sweet tooth. Start your New Year's off in style with family, friends, delicious food, and live music at the Riverwoods Conference Center New Year's Eve buffet. Call ahead for reservations 750-5151. 750 Ladies, many of you will be fortunate enough to find a small but beautifully wrapped package under your tree with a brown satin ribbon and a box imprinted Jerex. The man who put it there is trying desperately to tell you that you are more precious than diamonds, more valuable than gold, and very, very special. Men who come to Jerex believe their wives deserve the best. 
And whether they spend $49 or $4,900, the message is the same. Men who come to Jarek's are still very much in love. We just thought you should know. Jarek's Fine Jewelry, 930 North Main in Logan. With down-home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, Lone Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now is the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by the showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. It's never too cold or wet to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash for the holidays by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles, paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a heavyweight matchup of NFC East foes as the Dallas Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, and myself for all the Week 16 action. Can Dak and the Cowboys bounce back after a disappointing loss? Or will Jalen Hurts and the Eagles sweep the season series and wrap up the NFC East? It's the Cowboys and the Eagles. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Saturday afternoon, beginning at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. This means a lot. It's like a Cinderella story to me. Like, everything all comes to the end, like, in Texas, like, in front of my family. Like, they never got to see me play. Most of them never got to see me play in college, so like it's a blessing, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this opportunity. That's Calvin Tyler Jr. excited to finish off his collegiate career in Texas, his home state. It's like a Cinderella story. Uh, and uh, will the slipper fit? We'll see if it's a, if it plays out the same. If the Aggies can uh, get the victory here uh, against the Memphis Tigers, who. Um, you look at a lot of different – I know Coach Anderson said I don't look at stats, so I trust my eyes. But you look at a lot of things that Memphis has done this year, and certainly I think you have to consider that they would be the favorites. And the, the, the odds makers are putting Memphis as the favored team in this. But um, you know, this is a team in, in Memphis that has you – know, well, part of the reasons that we've been talking about why they should be favored is – you know, the type of team they are offensively. And Coach Anderson says, you know, this is a very balanced offensive team, tough to defend against. They balance you out, and then you add a quarterback that can run. Uh, so you get spread thin. And you're not really focused on a jersey number as much as you are playing them honestly across the board. Uh, That's one of the best things that they do. They commit to running the ball. They run it physically. But then they spread the ball out to everybody. 
uh, it makes them a big challenge. There's no doubt. It, it makes it, it difficult. And there's different kinds of balance. There's offense, you know, run and pass uh, balance. But when you spread the ball to that many people, it's hard to get a bead on where it's going to go next. you got to play them straight across the board. And it, it presents a different challenge than, than uh, a team that hands it to one guy and throws it to one guy all day. Um, you know, our defense has got to do a good job of being sound and being where they need to be uh, and, and making sure that we can uh, kind of keep things in front of us. They, they thrive off of bringing you downhill to play the run and then the shot play over the top. Now, a couple of the guys that will uh, run the ball for them, Javian Ducker, uh, 461 yards on the ground. Asa Martin, another running back for them, just under 400 yards on the season. Uh, Martin seems to find the end zone um, he's got seven touchdowns on the ground. A ducker has five. Of course, Hennigan, as we've talked about, he can run the ball. If it wasn't for sack yards that work against him, he would be the leading rusher for the team. Uh, but also Brandon uh, Thomas, who has found the end zone nine times, though he only has 280 yards rushing. So they use him in uh, end zone uh, goal line situations. But besides the running attack, from Memphis, this is a team that has a number of wide receivers that they that Hannigan will spread the ball around to. Now, Priest Corn, Caden Priest Corn, he's got 593 yards receiving. J, uh, Javen Ivory, uh, 400, excuse me, 586. Eddie Lewis, 520. They got th- uh, three guys with more than 500 yards apiece. Gabriel Rogers has 431. Uh, Joe Skates has 370. And so they have a, a variety of different guys that they will utilize in the passing game and uh, that can get yards on you and will find the end zone. So uh, this is, a, as Coach Anderson said, this is a balanced team that will make it uh, a challenge for Utah State defensively. But speaking of defense, what what's Memphis thinking about Utah State? Uh, their defensive coordinator, Matt Barnes, he met with the media, uh, with Memphis media, um, really earlier this week to give his thoughts about uh, preparing for a Utah State offense that you know that we keep hearing this from from uh, both Silverton and Barnes, uh, and I've heard this from Silverton now multiple times as I've seen him uh, participate in multiple press conferences. But you know they're referring to Utah State as in kind of a similar way that we're talking about Memphis offensively, a team that can spread it around and go with uh, an up pace tempo. Yeah, we have our work cut out for us. Um, so, you know, you try to mimic the tempo uh, in practice, but it's hard to do, um, you know, hard to get it going as quickly as they do it. Um, I know they're, they're uh, OC very well. Uh, I know several guys on their staff very well, and they, they are fantastic football coaches, and um, they've done an outstanding job this year, and, and um, I look for them to be, uh, let's say, creative um, with some extra time to, uh, to game plan for the bowl. So. Uh, we'll have our work cut out for us. Um, they do a really good job with their personnel and, and putting them in position to make plays and, and playing with, with a lot of tempo that, that uh, certainly stresses the defense. So it'll be a great challenge for us. Uh, again, that's uh, Matt Barnes, the defensive coordinator for Memphis. And Memphis certainly known more for their offense than their defense. This is a team that's given up a lot of points and given up quite a few yards on the year. Uh, you look at uh, what they've done on the season defensively. Now they've given up uh, on average about 30 points a game. Excuse me, about 27 points a game. Utah State's given up 30. 
Uh, this is a team that uh, gives up um, you know, about 120 yards per game on the ground. This is a team that gives up about 250 yards through the air. So they'll they'll let you move the ball. Their defense will let you move the ball. And um, in fact, they scoring wise too. You know that they they'll let you get into the end zone a little bit. Um, but uh, the th- real key here is that they're, they're much better offensively than they are defensively. So the question continues. You know how how much more can Utah State uh, stand up with what their defense is going to be relied on to do? Um, and part of that is, you know, who's going to be available for Utah State? And Coach Anderson gave a bit of an injury status for his team heading into the bowl game on Tuesday. It's, it's going to be day-to-day for him today. If we played today, he would not, but he was feeling better in practice yesterday. Uh, Mike Anyuana should be back. Uh, A.J. Carter should be back. John Ward has a chance to get back on the field. Guys that, that missed that game, I'm probably honestly missing a couple more. We were pretty light. Uh, that last game. Uh, Andre Grayson has opted out uh, of the bowl game, and so he will not be on our roster. Decided to kind of move on. He's a senior, graduated, and getting married, and just got some things in his life he wants to go do. So, I mean, we're, we're going to need all hands on deck here. You've seen the guys that have gone on the portal as well. Most of those guys were backups on special teams here or there, maybe would have taken a play you know, or two. But for the most part, uh, the team that played against Boise with the addition of A.J. Mike, John Ward and possibly Ike. That, that's kind of the group I would expect us to, to put on the field. And I was mostly specific to this <laughs> health status of Utah State's secondary uh, leading off talking about Ike Larson, but uh, a few other guys that could be back for Utah State for the bowl who missed some time late in the uh, regular season. We'll get a few guys back that have been banged up for the most part. We're going to play with a roster that was playing there at the end of the season. We have lost a handful of guys to the portal that are looking to drop down and play at some lower levels. And, and so we'll, uh, you know, it'll be kind of all hands on deck, see who can step in and step up and help us find a way to get to number seven. Uh, again, pregame coverage will start at 11 o'clock on Tuesday and kick off just after 1, about one fifteen, with Bowl Season Radio providing the full play-by-play coverage here on The Fan and on KVNU uh, throughout northern Utah and southeast Idaho to follow along and listen. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, a game where Memphis is favored by seven, seven and a half in this one. They opened as like 10, 10 and a half point favorites. I think on the day they made the announcement, Memphis was initially a 13 point favorite. But uh, it's been moving Utah State's way. Uh, so people give me a little bit more respect to the Aggies in this one, deservedly so. Um, but um, you know, some of the uh, things to, to watch for is, uh, just the ability to play in a bowl, and but not let that distract you. Now we, Jason, you and I were talking about how this is a, these are teams maybe coming into the bowl with different mindsets, um, but this is being a part of a bowl can also provide some distractions. And uh, you know, if you're going to participate in different events, uh, I, I'm trying to find out exactly what Memphis uh, plans are because I think. Based on what, something that I heard in a press conference, but I can't confirm it yet, they Memphis may be going to the Dallas Mavericks game on Christmas Day when they host the Lakers. Uh, not entirely sure if that's true because they talked about going to a basketball game uh, on Christmas, um, and that's about the only a bowl, a basketball game I could find that's taking place in the Dallas area on Christmas. Uh, but those things can be a little bit distracting if you're not if you're not careful. 
And that is something that Coach Anderson also talked about, that um, you know they need to focus on their opponent and not get distracted with all the other festivities going on surrounding the bowl. We, uh, we have a big challenge. Memphis is a very big physical run the ball right at your football team. Uh, at times this year, we've looked really good in that, you know, in that setting. Uh, at times we've not. So the challenge is to be more physical than them up front uh, and, and focus on the game. You know, bowl games provide a ton of opportunity to be distracted. Talked to the team yesterday about being able to compartmentalize the week, take advantage of the bowl opportunities that they present. We've heard nothing but great things about the first responders bowl and the people that run it, but also our ability to be ready to focus when needed, also, you know, able to relax and enjoy the environment. And so that's what we're going to, we're going to try to do. And they have arrived. They are in Dallas now, and part of the festivities uh, are happening uh, this evening, but Utah State will have opportunities to practice uh, over these next few days. They will uh, have uh, Christmas morning. Uh, that, that'll be a different situation for a lot of these guys, uh, coaching staff as well. Uh, to be away on Christmas Day, uh, but then have to, thankfully a chance to come back, regroup, and get ready on Monday before the game gets underway on Tuesday. Uh, more from the coaches and the players about the matchup between Utah State and Memphis. Uh, quick update on what's going on in the, uh, the Diamond Head Classic, Utah State versus SMU. And uh, Jason, where are we at in the first half here, and how's Utah State looking at this one? Not very good. SMU is a team that shot 39.7% on the season coming into this tournament. Um, if I do the math really quick, through their first two games, well, game in like a quarter now, they are shooting 61%, almost 62%. They shot 60% against Iona. They're 12 of 18 so far in this game, which is 66%. So... They're just absolutely red hot. There's a team that does not shoot very well, but they're shooting very well right now. Utah State with a bunch of turnovers. Uh, five turnovers in the last, I think, 10 minutes or so. The Aggies are shooting 31%, 25% from three. Nothing's going right right now. The defense, their SMU's just hitting whatever they put up. Utah State's not putting any, hitting anything they put up. There's a chance this gets reversed because Utah State's a good offensive team. They can get things going, but the shot's got to fall, and they're just not. Guys who normally make shots, Stephen Ashworth's 0 for 3 from 3. Taylor Funk's 0 for 3 from 3. So, got to actually hit those shots. Um, but right now, SMU taking control. They're on a 6-0 run. Utah State took a timeout. So, uh, we'll see how all this goes. SMU leading 27-15 to over USU, eight, a little more than eight minutes to go in the first half. Ryland Jones uh, did check in, uh, has been playing a little bit, uh, already has a rebound and an assist, also a turnover. <laughs> uh, but he is in the game, and he is playing for Utah State, so it's a good sign. i uh, got to take another timeout here in the full-court press. Uh, we'll continue to provide updates as the game is going on between Utah State and SMU. Reminder that as soon as the game goes final, we'll have KVNU Aggie Call to take your calls and reactions on uh, KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM. But we'll provide some updates as we continue to go along. And also uh, more thoughts about Utah State and Memphis in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl coming up on Tuesday. And i uh, love to get your, your score prediction for the bowl game, 435-339-0321. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. 
This is Lance Zollinger, president at Cache Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cache Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cash Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cash Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cash Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. This is Ryan My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. All aboard! Come to the FSA Extravaganza this Thursday and Friday at HSA Depot. Did you know over 500 million FSA dollars are left unspent every year? Don't let this happen to you. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Stop in this Thursday and Friday for the FSA Extravaganza at HSA Depot. We have deals on hundreds of FSA eligible items so you can get those FSA dollars spent before they disappear. Find out what you can buy. HSA Depot is located in front of the North Walmart. Happy Holidays from HSA Depot. The college football bowl season continues the day after Christmas with the Quick Lane Bowl as the New Mexico State Aggies face the Bowling Green Falcons. Join us live from Ford Field in Detroit for the Quick Lane Bowl on Bowl Season Radio. Kickoff begins at 1230 Monday afternoon. It's New Mexico State facing off against Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl on Sports Talk Radio, bringing you the most bowl games from the Mountain West Conference. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Need to give a shout out to our friends at Napa Auto Parts. Make sure you have the plenty of starting power with a Napa Legend battery. You can also get ice scrapers and snow brushes, fuel line antifreeze. If it's been cold, make sure your vehicle can start uh, and it can stay <laughs> stay going. Uh, and make sure you've got the windshield de-icer, the right kind, to uh, get that uh, snow and ice off your windshield. Go check it out at uh, Napa Auto Parts, five locations between Preston and and Providence. Um, again, we're keeping an eye on Utah State and SMU. They're still in the first half. Uh, this is a, uh, a game that uh, um, Utah State has been starting off slowly, uh, struggling to get the ball in the hoop. Also, uh, SMU seemingly getting whatever they want. Uh, although, after that timeout, it seems like Utah State's kind of digging in a little bit more defensively and starting to hit some of their own shots. Uh, yeah, they've held SMU scoreless for just over two minutes now. SMU, they started the game 12 of 18. They've missed three straight shots. 
Utah State's also hit back to back threes, both by Stephen Ashworth. So what was a 10 point deficit is now only four. We're just under six minutes to play here in the uh, first half. So Aggie's starting to get some flow here, getting some stops, uh, playing some solid defense, um, and uh, it's a lot more hustle at Bearstow, uh, trying to get the ball loose and putting some pressure on the inbounds play and making some outside shots as well for USU. So starting to wake up in this game uh, against the Mustangs. Yeah, and for the Aggies, like they, you know, it's the first half. You don't panic. You recognize they're playing bad. Um, but you know, a little burst like this, six straight points, um, or eight oh run actually. So eight straight points. Um, you know, all it takes is a burst for a team that, you know, shoots on the season about 50% from the field. Um, and they shoot, you know, 44% from three. If they start off really cold, there's the chance that they get hot. And, uh, if they start playing defense and get hot, then you completely flip the script. Uh, so it might take a minute because SMU just did put a point in on a free throw. But, you know, over the course of the remaining 25 minutes, 26 minutes of this game, there's plenty of times for Aggies to just flip this around. Plenty of time. They did it against Loyola Marymount. Yeah, true. Uh, certainly looked like they're, uh, after they took that timeout, seemed to have settled down, digging in a little better defensively, uh, a little better offensive flow, making some shots. Uh, and trying to swing things more in their favor with momentum. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Uh, meanwhile, an update on other games going on involving Mountain West schools over the past couple of days uh, with the This Week in the Mountain West quick segment. This is your Mountain West basketball update with Nate Kreckman. The last remaining undefeated team in the Mountain West heading into conference play, Richard Patino's New Mexico Lobos. They run their record to 12-0 with a 94-63 blowout win over Prairie View A&M Tuesday night at the pit. Lobos 85, Prairie View 56. Dent with a steal, Dent with an end-to-end run, Dent with a two-hand flush. Robert Portnoy on KKOB, five and double figures for New Mexico, led by Jamal Mashburn Jr. with 17. Donovan Dent to career-high 14 off the bench. The Lobos open Mountain West play next Wednesday night against Colorado State in Albuquerque. Also Tuesday, San Diego State runs the record to 9-3, running right by their crosstown rivals UC San Diego at Viejas Arena. We'll have a dribble, try to leave it for Micah, can't do it, he'll leave it for Tramel with three, good! Garrett Tramel's playing himself some kind of ball game. 13 points, back-to-back threes for Tramel. The great Ted Leitner on San Diego Sports 760. Darian Trammell hits four triples, pours in 18 as the Aztecs roll 62-46. San Diego State 41 in the net rankings, 26 right now in the Ken Palm. Aztecs open with Air Force in conference next week. Speaking of those Falcons, 67-65 road win Tuesday at Northern Colorado. Jake Heidbreeder leading the way with 17. San Jose State gets win number 9, 65-43 over Cal Poly. And Fresno State, a 56-48 win at Cal State Bakersfield as Isaiah Hill drops a season-high 17. Shot clock at 5. Yap back to Hill for a 3. Yes! Isaiah Hill puts the capper on a big night in Bakersfield. That's Paul Leffler from Learfield. Wednesday, Nevada gets their 10th win, 78-66 over Norfolk State. And that's your Mountain West Basketball Update. I'm Nate Crackman. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. 
At Valvoliness and Oil Change, we'll make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration, all while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvoliness and Oil Change, 695 North Main, across from Angie's. It's time to use your flex spending for 2022. As they say, use it or lose it. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a great selection of frames with character. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look for the new year. Your glasses will feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cash Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as choro French toast, chilequiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cash Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. The Aggies are going to the First Responder Bowl, and the fan is joining News Talk KVNU to bring you the game. Tuesday, December 27th, the Aggies face Memphis kickoff is at 115. Game day pregame show will begin at 11, as Al Lewis and Craig Hislop break down the matchup. Love the matchup against Memphis. Really good football team. Familiar with those guys. Don't miss any of the bowl game coverage and the game on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan, the home of Aggie faithful. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Frank. And Jason Walker. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Utah State taking on SMU in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Currently on ESPN2, for those who want to watch, uh, providing some updates as the game is going on. And uh, Utah State. Uh, Rough start for the Aggies. Coach Ryan Odom calls a timeout, and the Aggies have looked very different since then. They're making more shots. They're digging in defensively, and they've got SMU rattled a little bit here. A player hit with a technical. They've had an offensive foul. Uh, they're, uh, they're starting to get hot uh, and frustrated with what Utah State's doing defensively. And uh, currently, Utah State... Um, They've, uh, I'm waiting to see what happens with this shot. Looks like they're down by just by two uh, in this one. Nope, sorry, they're tied. Yeah, they're tied. <laughs> they uh, they just tied it at 30. Well, uh, Trevin Dorius got the putback there. He just fights around. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. nuts. Um, they're kind of going back and forth. Our feeds are a little behind what's actually going on. Right now these teams are trading missed baskets for like three straight possessions. Um, SMU hasn't scored in a couple of minutes. You mentioned the tech. They're getting a bit rattled. They started this... Um, and they just got fouled, so I think SMU is going to the free throw line, maybe. That might just be it. But they started all of what, 12 of 18 from the field. They're now 13 of 24, so all of one of their last six uh, from the field. So 
you know, Utah State buckling down a bit on defense. Um, and I think based on some of the shots I was seeing SMU take, it wasn't like Utah State was playing bad defense, leaving guys wide open. Some of them were some tough shots. And now they're not getting these tough shots. So it's balancing out a little bit. Like I said, SMU is a team that shot 39% from the field coming into this tournament. Any team is capable of getting hot. You know, SMU, a team that shot under 40% as a team, they shot 60% against S- or against Iona, Iona win the game. Um, they started out hot. Maybe it looked like they are going to do the same thing again. Now they're regressing to the mean a little bit. They're still at 54% from the field. But, you know, Utah State, they're shooting just under 37%. SMU's shooting 54%. Game is tied. Utah State... Uh, Whatever the I forget what the opposite word of regress progresses to the mean. Is yeah. that the word, right? Yeah. To where they, on average, shoot fifty percent themselves. That's where this game can take a turn and get Utah State back up after yeah a really rough start where they were down by 10, 12 points. I think that the largest lead for SMU is twenty seven fifteen. Yeah. But now it's tied. Thirty thirty. Yeah. So Utah State's been on a fifteen to three run here uh, after that timeout. A um, couple other things real quick before we end the show. I uh, want to get a comment in here from Ryan Silverfield. He's the head coach of Memphis, preparing for the Aggies. And, you know, the you would expect the opposing coach to say, you can pretty much write the script of what they're going to say. But still, interesting. It was, I, f- I felt it was interesting to hear from Matt Barnes, who's their defensive coordinator, just how he knows personally several of the coaches on Utah State's staff. And Ryan Silverfield, he's also similar uh, he is very familiar with uh, Coach Blake Anderson, knows him personally, and uh, prepping his team to face uh, an Aggie team that he thinks will give a challenge. Play really hard. Um, they play really sound. And you sit there and you're like, okay, where can we take advantage? And you study their defense. There's not a whole lot of places that you sit there and say, oh, well, maybe we can attack this individual, maybe we can do this. They just play really fundamentally sound. And, you know, I, I, I can kind of compare them to what Tulane was able to do. Like, they each don't beat themselves. They line up, play and play out, and play really sound on defense. Um, and you look at what, you know, I go back to us as an offense as well. Right? If we don't beat ourselves, we're pretty sound, and we're pretty successful and pretty efficient. I know it sounds like Coach Week, but that's so true more so this year than in years past. And then um, these bowl games, like I said, they're, he's going to run trick plays. I mean, so well, guess what, on special teams, I'm telling you guys right now, we got to be ready for all the trick plays we're going to run. Because uh, they're going to unravel them. That's what they do. Um, so we got to be prepared for that and can't one, let one of those be a game changer. There was a phrase there that he repeated multiple times is that we can't beat ourselves. And that's certainly got to be the case for Utah State as well. Not um, because there have been, I think they've gotten a little better with not turning the ball over as much as they were earlier in the year. But that can be. You know, a real challenge for Cooper Lagaw, uh, to, to, a desire to make a play, to, to squeeze a ball in there, but um, you know, holding on to the ball, not letting it get coughed up by receivers or, or uh, running backs, uh, but uh, you know, not, not not turning over opportunities for your opponent. Got to be a huge part of this as well for Utah State. Uh, not just what uh, Coach Silverfield is saying for his team, but it's got to be the same for the Aggies. Uh, not uh, making it easier for them. Um, but uh, one of the guys that's for Memphis is maybe make it tough for uh, Cooper Lega is their linebacker, Xavier Cullens, uh, dynamic, aggressive, and physical linebacker for Memphis. Always seemed to be in the right place at the right time to me. 
Uh, you know, some guys just have a knack for that. Seems to be his thing. Very disruptive. Um, you know, I think they they play in a good league. They play a competitive style of defense. They're not afraid to mix it up, and they play against a physical, you know, offense every day. And, and I know Ryan fairly well. He kind of takes an old school approach uh, of getting after it in practice every day. Uh, and I think that's where you start creating opportunities and guys know how to be the first to the ground, be right there when you need to. And he just shows up on film in that way. So uh, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be an interesting, entertaining bowl game. I think the teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, I think it'll be a, a bowl that could go down to the wire. Uh, two teams fighting to get to a winning record, trying to fight for some respectability. Both teams had stretches of the season where they uh, they struggled and had a bunch of losses in a row and uh, trying to end this season on a positive note. So, again, pregame coverage will start for us Tuesday at 11 here on The Fan. Kickoff at 115. We'll have full play-by-play coverage of the bowl game, courtesy of Bowl Season Radio. And as soon as the game is over, we'll have KVNU Aggie Call continuing to get your phone calls, your reactions to what took place in Dallas. Uh, before we send uh, sign off, uh, just a quick update of what's going on in Hawaii. And after Utah State had called the timeout and got things settled, seems like SMU has kind of done the same thing after losing out, uh, uh, giving up a 15-3 to run. They've got back in scoring a couple of points and making it tough for the Aggies here, Jason. Yeah, they got they went to the media timeout, and they had a couple of free throws coming on the back end of that. So they hit those two free throws coming out of the timeout. And then Max Chola turned it over, and they got a, a fast break two. So quick 4-0 run. Now teams, they're back to trading missed shots, although I think SMU is about to go back to the free throw line. So this could be a 6-0, you know, 5-0, 6-0 run. Uh, for SMU after Utah State tied it. Aggies have gone back to missing more shots. They've missed their last five, one for their last eight. So uh, starting to struggle a bit again on offense. Yeah, not not the best shot selection from Utah State either during this stretch. Guys kind of forcing some shots, trying to uh, be heroes a little bit, not letting the offense flow. Uh, so we'll see uh, if uh, Coach Odom can get that under control. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll see how this progresses. Again, it's on ESPN2. As soon as the game goes final, it'll be on uh, KVNU Aggie Call with the, uh, with the rundown and the taking your calls and your reactions to it. Aggies do not play tomorrow, and uh, they will play on Christmas Day. Depends on today's outcome as to who they face um, but uh, before, just for themselves, but also uh, the other teams that are in the bracket uh, at this point. So... Um, that'll do it for us here on The Fan. A uh, reminder, we'll be uh, back in action with pregame coverage on, on Tuesday. We'll have just regular holiday programming from Fox Sports Radio on Monday, so we won't be here. But we will have a football game going on on Tuesday, and uh, we'll be, you'll be hearing from us then. On, uh, and then on Wednesday, kind of a focus on our Light the A podcast, where we've uh, been talking about it, highlighting some of the, the uh, interviews and guests that we have on there, Get a chance to hear more of that uh, uh, next week here on The Fan. But uh, right now, Utah State kind of struggling in this one, getting out of control a little bit. Now SMU's on an 8-0 run, but uh, it's on ESPN2, about to go to halftime. And uh, Al Lewis and uh, John Russell will break it down when the game goes final on KVNU um, here within the probably the next hour or so. But uh, until then, have a great holiday weekend, everybody. Be safe. 
Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time off, and we'll see you next week.